0: Welcome to episode 31 of the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast balancing life achieving horse goals as a mum and believing in yourself with Meg Mortimer. Meg Mortimer describes herself as a mum who never grew out of the horse phase I'm sure many of us can relate to that she lives in central New South Wales Australia on a sheep farm with her husband and three kids. Meg has loved horses all her life, dabbling in pony club as a kid and progressing to competing in dressage, show jumping and eventing in her twenties. Meg describes herself at that time as being fearless and that meant she could have a lot of fun. But in her thirties, she got married and had babies and suddenly was not so fearless anymore. Meg is now in her forties and has learned to be patient, to take things slow and improve her communication with her horse. She feels at ease with herself knowing she doesn't need to compete to prove she is a capable horse person. Meg describes her philosophy with horses as always being kind, slowing down and listening to your horse. Meg says she also loves the intention of balance as this is not only important for her horses but her family and life in general. Meg loves learning and whilst her life is sometimes crazy chaos, she loves the ride. I came across Meg when she signed up to my Horsemanship Fundamentals Academy and I began teaching Meg through PIVO lessons which has been a lot of fun. In this episode we talk about Meg's horsemanship journey and how she overcomes the challenges of balancing life and work whilst pursuing her horse goals in a way that is true to her values around training horses. You will love Meg's contagious positive energy and the lessons she shares around her horses Galley, Patch and Mr. Jones. If you're a mum and a rider with goals, you will be inspired by Meg's story. Welcome to the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast, a source for riding and training insights with the goal of helping your horse be a light, happy and willing partner. I'm your host, Amalia Dempsey, a mainstream equestrian rider who discovered natural horsemanship and equine learning theory. And now I help riders like you achieve connection and communication with your horse so you can have more fun and fulfillment whilst prioritizing the partnership. Get more learning resources, including my free connection and communication mini course at amaliadempsey.com. Click the follow button so you don't miss an episode. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave me a rating and review or screenshot this episode and share on social media. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome Meg Mortimer to the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I can't even believe I'm on a podcast.
0: (laughs) It's so cool. Hey, and I don't know if you're anything like me, but when I'm listening to podcasts, could be horse related or anything related and I'm thinking about the questions and what I would answer myself so it's kind of nice to be able to have the opportunity to to actually answer what you would want to say in response to these questions because I'm sure you've listened to some of the podcast episodes.
1: Uh, That's exactly right I've listened to every single podcast I know all the questions
0: yeah and (laughs) and I've been kind of busting to answer them so it's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. So should we dive in? I mean, I already know a bit about you because I've coached you, but can you tell us about your horsemanship journey to date? What got you into horses and what has led to where you are today?
1: Sure. Um, So I had a pony called Coz when I was young and he lived on my grandparents' farm. And eventually we moved to the farm when dad took over the farm and cause and I, we didn't really go. Cause I didn't live close to the farm. I didn't go to pony club. I went a few times, um, but mostly I just rounded up sheep with her. I taught myself. Um, I would go to riding camps sometimes, but mostly we just rode sheep uh, rounded up sheep, um, rode around. I'd platter up. Cause I was desperate to be, a, a, go to a show but she really wasn't like looking back. I know why dad didn't let me go to a show, but she wasn't, she was old and grumpy and <laughs> but yeah. she was my beautiful dapple gray who I just thought was the best thing in the world. We jumped cattle grids, which I would never let my daughter do now. Um, and we just rode everywhere. I remember I had this velvet helmet and um, it so it wasn't safe at all. I probably would fall off if I fell off, but we were fine. We galloped everywhere. It was great. Um, so I had her up until I was about 17. And then got busy with school and I went away and um, moved to the city and got a job and desperate, you know, wanted to be the city girl. And then I went overseas and taught horse riding in a summer camp. And I ended up doing that for four summers. And my love for horses felt, uh, was stronger than ever. And um, it was time to come, stop travelling and come home. And, and I missed my family and, you know, it was time to be back in Australia. So I... Um, bought a horse I got a job and I bought a horse and her name was Ruby and off the track thoroughbred and she um, was beautiful she was a chestnut mare and I loved her so much and I kept her at Centennial Stables, right in Sydney in Sydney I didn't have a car it was probably not a great um, financial the best financial decision I ever made to keep a horse in the city but I loved it and I would catch two buses every morning, I'd get up at five, catch two buses to the stables, ride or just walk her or hang out with her, then go to work, catch another two buses to work and then catch two buses back in the afternoon, do the same thing and then catch two buses home and you usually get home by about 9.30. So that was my life and I just loved it. But I knew it wasn't for me because all I was doing at work, I was not I was working for a, a barrister as a personal assistant and if he didn't, like, he wasn't around me all the time, I'd just be Googling horse properties. And I thought, I've got to get out of this city. <laughs> like, what am I doing? So I moved back to Orange and I got a great job for a council and um, the horses came. Well, at that stage, I was accumulating horses. So I, I bought them back and um, then just started, you know, just plodding around. And I'd go into the competitions and things like that. I, I loved eventing and um just pottering around, but I was really falling in love with natural horsemanship, and I just, I was having lessons, but I just, the teachers were great, but I just knew it wasn't me riding around in circles and trying to get them on the bit and sit forward, leg on, leg off, inside, leg outside, and I was like, oh, this is so confusing, and I just didn't love it, and I thought, I don't think my horses love it either, so we, um, I, I was always looking to do natural horsemanship as well, but then, um, oh, then yeah, I was writing bits and pieces, working, and then I I met the man of my dreams, a farmer, and married him, and we had babies. And you know what it's like? Well, um, you have three, I've had three babies, and uh, horses weren't the high priority in my life, although they're right in the paddock next to our house, and baby, you know, you're just, I was knee deep in children, and, um, my confidence was going down and down and down and then when I did have time to go to the horses I think what am I going to do and I you know was stuck and then I was losing more and more confidence and eventually I got on my horse and he wouldn't move I'm like well this is no fun and I thought what's happened and I I just thought oh that's when I needed help
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and then what happened
1: Well, um, I muddled around for another couple of years and then I came across Amalia Dempsey. (laughs) 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 And and, uh, then my life changed. I knew I always had it. So I, you know, I wasn't a very competitive person and I just loved hanging out with my horses. I'm that, um, the girl that just loves horses so much. And everyone thought I'd grow out of it. And now that I'm in my forties, it's worse than ever the horse phase. So um, I I just knew I needed to do more with my horses and be with them. And it was for my own sanity as well. Um, So now I have horses. Gallimanus is probably um, my main guy. And he's an off the track thoroughbred. And um, I bought a new horse called Patchy. And he, um, I'm falling in love with him more and more every day. And then I've got my old horse. I was it was my old horse, Mr. Jones, who kind of knocked my confidence a bit. He used to just do this little buck when I'd get on. It wasn't bad, but as a mother, my nerves were getting more and more rattled with him and to the point where I just didn't want to ride him anymore because I was, if I get injured, you know, our farm, my husband's so busy on the farm and the children need looking after. We live 100 kilometres from the nearest town. You know, it's just not convenient if I get sick or injured and I stopped riding him. But um, and then but the same pattern was happening. Galliminus wasn't going anywhere. And I think was, my heart was beating at 150 beats per minute, I think, every time I get on. And the whole thing was playing out in my head. And Galliminus has never put a foot wrong or bucked or bolted or done anything. But all of a sudden I had this in my head that was going to happen. I'm like, what are you thinking? It's fine. But... I couldn't get it out of my head just because of my nerves, and I really had to get confidence back.
0: <laughs> yeah. And just listening to you talk about your story there, Meg, it's funny because I don't, my goal isn't really specifically to help people with their confidence, but indirectly, we kind of did that for you. So, how do you think HFA, Horsemanship Fundamentals Academy, or the Pivo lessons that we had together, how do you think that actually helped your confidence without us? kind of diving into your mindset if you know
1: what I mean yeah no we didn't even talk about that but I think you believed in me and you kept saying your breakthrough is about to happen it's about to happen and and I thought because oh, I was trying so hard and um, I just needed that reassurance I think and you you were so positive and um, you believed in me and knew I could do it and then all of a sudden I was doing things I'm like oh can do this and and then that that helped my confidence grow more and more um yeah you're right we didn't talk about um you know why I was scared we just we just got on with it and and my horse and you could see my horses were good horses yeah we just had to get past we were probably stuck too and in my head I thought well you've got you know there's rule books you have to you have to do step one, do this, step two, this. But it's a horse and I'm a human. And sometimes we don't have to, we skip steps or we go back to steps. But I felt like until I perfected the perfect circle, I couldn't go any further. But I can, you know, we'll go back to that later. And and I think you really taught me also to really slow down. You know, I knew I'd have an hour with the horses. I'm like, right, well, I want to jump. I want to do poles. I want to walk sideways. I want to do groundwork and I want to go trail riding. And there was just never enough time. And then I'd get muddled and sit on my horse. I'm like, I will just walk around and really not achieve anything. So I think with you giving me a, a clear goal um, and, and not worrying about the steps um, so much, you know, if you miss a little bit here, you'll gain it there. And, yes. and, and And there's no rules, really. And I'm a bit of a rule follower. And when you realise there's no rules, as long as you follow your own philosophy and believe in yourself, I think... Everything will work out.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I think what I saw when I first started coaching you, I saw a very capable horsewoman, but someone who just didn't have direction um, and didn't really believe that she could do it. So I think when you said we just got on with it, it's not like I said, oh, you're scared, Meg, just hop on anyway. I, no, no, we we, actually, didn't. we did go through a process, but we were happy to kind of. Bend the rules and, and do what we needed to do for you both to feel comfortable and to most importantly, progress. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yes. And we have progressed so much. You know, it's amazing. I can't even believe what I'm doing now. You know, I, I messaged you and said, oh, I had my first ride of the year. I just grabbed the halter and jumped on bareback. And you laughed and said, oh, just nonchalantly going out and, yeah. and just yeah. jumping on bareback. And, and that, the old Meg Mortimer would never have done that or she would have just stayed right close to the fence just in case. So um, and now we just walk around and he seems to like it more, which I found quite interesting when I took was brave and I took the bridle off and I even just rode him in a saddle and a halter. He was so liked it so much more than, have, and I still noticed that now um, I put the bridle on last week and we've been riding around and trotting and, um, and then I, I took the halter, I took the bridle off and just rode him in the halter and he was like, oh, that's So,
0: there So it's funny,
1: yeah. yeah. I like that about him too. And, and that's what else I have learned along the way, um, to listen to them, you know, and, and, and you really do, if you stop and you look at them and you see their movements or their ears or something, you listen and you're like, oh, so the other day he didn't want the saddle pad on for some reason, mm-hmm. like what's going on here? So we played a bit with the saddle pad and then I let him put it, he put it in his mouth and he shook it around his head and, and he had a bit of a play with it and a smell. And then I put it back on and he was fine. So he just needed to have a look, I think. And, and it's just seeing what they need, I think as well.
0: Yeah. And who knows what he would have done if you just ignored that and was like, I'm putting the saddle pad on anyway. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. I think that's yeah. when people run into troubles because, they're not really feeling and listening to the way or to what their horse might be trying to communicate.
1: Yeah. And you taught me also, I look for when they need a scratch and, you know, especially at the moment when there's lots of flies and bugs and they bite their shoulder or something. And so I just give it a good scratch. And they're they're like, Oh, thanks.
0: (laughs) And it's just one of the most basic ways we can show our horses that we're actually listening to what they're saying or you know, who knows if they're consciously trying to tell us, but it, I I don't want to take that risk. Like I want to show them, oh, yeah. I noticed that. I noticed you're itchy there, or I noticed you're not okay with the saddle pad. So I love that you've taken that on board, Meg.
1: Yeah. Um, they definitely have a lot of body language, don't they?
0: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And um, one of the things I like to do is kind of get people to own their own style of training horses, because I don't want people to be like a cut out cardboard version of me or um, I, you know, I don't really believe in cookie cutter approaches. We have to be adaptable. So I'd love to hear from you. How would you summarize your own training approach or philosophy with horses?
1: Oh, we're very relaxed at uh, my yard, <laughs> everybody. Um, and uh, none of my horses. Uh, so that's the nice thing. My horses are very relaxed and I think it's because I'm pretty relaxed with them and um, our routine's not so sp- you know, strict, um, you know, I don't feed them every time at the same day because I'm busy with children or something, yes. you know, something's always on. And they're pretty adaptable like that. As long as they see me, they're happy. And I think um, I, I just want to be kind, I, kind to them. I don't believe in smacking them or, you know, being rude. I feel like if I give them respect, they give my respect and I give me respect. And I've definitely seen that with Patchy, my new horse. And he came from a sheep station and he lived in a 20,000 acre paddock. And he was rounded up, brought in um, and put a saddle on, rounded up sheep for days and then thrown back out into the paddock. And he's never been a pet. He's actually was truly a workhorse. And so he's, he's come to my house and um, he's got to learn how to eat treats out of a hand, which he'd never done. So we would, I would just hold treats there and then I'd have Galley with me. And so I give him a treat, and it was like Patchy looked at him and like, oh, is that what you do? And so we we give him, and now he's learned how to eat treats. But he won't eat a carrot. I think he's a true bushy. Um, he won't eat vegetables. He's a meat and potatoes guy, I think. Yeah. So, <laughs> a grain and molasses guy. Yeah. But, um, he and so, but now the way he, I got told, you'll never catch him in the paddock, and you know you got to be careful when you mount him and do all these things, and. He'll walk up to me in the paddock now and then I don't even need to catch him because he follows me back to the yard and um I've taught him like now we, we work together and he'll walk up to my tire where I hop on and he'll just casually stand there now and he's not stressed about it and and I, it's not because I am this wonderful horse rider, it's just because I think I'm kind and I give him time to think about things and I talk to him and I talk to them like they're humans. Oh hello, how was everyone tonight? You know. Yeah. They think I'm a nutty lady, but, um, Oh, what's she got there? You've got birds all over you. Let's give you a brush. You know, I just talk to them like they're my children really. And, um, and I think that's my philosophy just to be calm and, and confident and, um, and, you know, work together as a team. It's, it's no one's the boss of each other. We just, we got to look after each other. And I think my, I do think my horses get that even the little Shetland ponies, they're really they're sweet and they're kind and it's because we treat them as part of the family I think
0: yeah and they can definitely feel that energy like we know or at least we think horses can't understand our words but I think humans are very good at portraying their energy and their intention through their words and then the body yeah. suits so hey I'm talking to my horses all the time as well I think it's, <laughs> it's really helpful
1: yeah <laughs> well like, you know when you feel yourself riding Yes. All I can hear is me talking. I like, shut up. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm the same, and I even do it in public, like at shows. And then halfway through, I realize I'm doing it, and I'm like, oh, I should probably just be careful with that. I know. I know. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, what would you say has been your happiest horsey memory?
1: Oh, um, do you know, as much as the stables in Sydney cost me a, a lot of money. More than my rent, and that's why I couldn't afford a car. Um, I loved having Ruby there, but I knew she wasn't happy, and she didn't like being in a stable all day, and I didn't like it either. But what we would do on most weekends is go away, and we would go down to Berry to an adult riding camp, and it was two nights um, and three days, and we would ride. We do show jumping and flat work, and then we go and do cross country jumps or trail ride, and you go out to dinner, and it was all like minded people, and it was such a fun time. um I'd have to have a truck down because I didn't have a car, and I'd have to get lifts down. But you know, I really wanted to do it, and I made it work. So I loved that uh, time. But just recently, I've really enjoyed t- trail riding, and we've got some beautiful trails where we live. I and mean, we, my friends, and I went up a mountain in Portalunis Hill and it was beautiful and it was challenging and basically you just let the horses have their head and I would rode galley up there and it was just beautiful by the time we got up there and we had a cutler up there and a sandwich and um overlooked all of the districts you could see and then we rode down and the horses like And then we took them for a swim in the dam and the horses just loved it so I you know every horse every time with the horses it's a great memory for me I just I appreciate being with them every day I give them big hugs every day I hope they they know that
0: <laughs> yeah yeah amazing and I love that like always having happy moments with the horses no matter you know if it's just a quiet moment or if it's riding at an amazing uh, facility in where was it oh. Sydney
1: Centennial Park oh it was an amazing facilities two indoor arenas and around that was indoor and beautiful stables and yeah. yeah I lived on two minute noodles yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, we make sacrifices to horses. We do what we need
1: to do. And but I think can't. that's what horses have got that ability to make you feel good. So I just know every time that I walk away from my horses, I've got to beat my step and I, I feel refreshed and I can actually do the rest of my jobs for the day and go ahead and and, and be a mum. and And I think it makes me a better person by being with my horses and a better mum. So
0: yeah absolutely yeah it sort of energizes you so you can do all of your other tasks to the best of your ability and um, speaking of being a mum I'm sure a lot of people are mums that are listening and they're like thinking
1: I don't know how to
0: balance my horse time with being a mum and my work and everything else what advice would you have for people in that situation
1: oh I love the word balance. Um, it's actually my I've made it instead of making a new year resolution this year I made a word and because you know I'm never going to be fit and run an ultra marathon that I'd like to but never <laughs> but my word is balance this year and I want that even balance of horses and home life and then I've got a you know a kids education I'm working on um, I just got elected as councillor on our local council so now I've got a job. <laughs> well, I've got a job at home because running the farm. Yeah. But um in so now, now I'm a counsellor at our local council. So time management is really important. So and I need my horse time. But my best advice is, well, I feel I gotta be I have to be organized at home. I need to either go really early before everybody wakes up and needs my attention or I sneak off through the day when especially during the holidays, um, you know, when they've been busy or but making sure they're fed and they've got entertainment and (laughs) then I go um, and they know where to find me or they'll come with me or, um, but they're getting older now. So they're happy to stay at home. Annabelle, my daughter will come with me and ride her pony. But um, yeah, it's just about, sometimes I can't spend as much time at the horses as I need to, because I know I need to get home. But if I can find a little bit of horse time and a little bit of kid time, do some book work, make phone calls, you know, and get that balance and do the washing and, and it's just prioritizing what you wanna do first, I think. Uh, and that's how I try and manage it. I did, um, when my kids were really little and I was, had three horses, I could rug three horses in one episode of Peppa Pig. That was my record. <laughs> So they would sit in the car watching Peppa Pig I put the rugs on and quickly put feet out. And I was quick. <laughs> I don't think I could do that now.
0: I <laughs> love that you know that. Like, I don't even know how long a, pe- a Peppa Pig episode seven. is. But, oh, um, <laughs> seven minutes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And um, with the whole, like, I know you struggled with wearing all of those different hats and then getting out to the horses and being like, I actually don't know what to do, even though there's all of these things that I do want to do yeah how specifically did you overcome that
1: so I would look at my HFA app Mm -hmm. and then work out right I think we want to do circles today Mm -hmm. and then in my head and then I'd never have a strict plan but I knew let's well let's just work on circles because I really want Gally um, to canter really freely Mm -hmm. and um, I haven't cantered on him for a long time and we're working on that that's just Um, my and there's nothing stopping me except my brain but um, we're working on that so I think right we'll work on circles so then the circles will be going great I'm like oh well well maybe I'll put the saddle on and then the saddle goes on and then we'll do more circles and then we'll go for a walk so you know it might and, and a trail ride around the paddock or something like that and then come back so I usually now I've got a great idea of what I've got to do just by looking at the app and then I can expand on that in my own way. And like yeah. with Patchy, I'm trying to, uh, I want him to side pass to this, the fence so I can get on. Mm-hmm. And we're working on that. And he's getting it. And he's really, he thinks he's really clever. And I think he's so clever. And um, so now, you know, working on that. But then I can see he's the horse that I realized can't do it over and over again. You know, he might want to do it three times and then I have to change and do something different. Uh. So... Yeah, we might go for a bit of a walk then together and then come back and and try it again. So he's different. Because Gally will happily do it for a while. He's so patient with me. Yeah, what do you want to do now? Yeah, all right, I'll do it again. (laughs) is
0: a legend, of course. Yeah, he is. So So um, you go.
1: Oh, yeah. So it's just, yeah, I I do now have a clear, but I think it's because I've got the app and I know where I want to go with that you know yeah and the other thing I did was print out all those printouts you do and I had them pinned onto my arena but they got wet so now I just put up what I want to do at the time yeah and another thing I was going to take a picture of and I haven't done it yet because I forget but I've got Isabel Worth sitting up there next to your diagram because I you know I can ride well in front of Isabel
0: (laughs) yeah I love that and for those listening like um uh I gave Meg a Pivo lesson and I think we're working on a bit of your posture that day in the saddle mm. as well yeah and I think it's really valuable to imagine a rider that you either look up to or have a lot of respect for or who rides really well and imagine them sitting in the corner because for some reason with this extra kind of expectation from someone who's really accomplished we're like oh I better sit up taller I, I better yep. make sure my posture's good in the saddle so a little tip for people listening, um, when you're in the arena yourself, you can imagine oh. you're kind of idol in the corner. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. And mine's an A4 picture and it's just her head smiling at me. <laughs> can I'm you like, imagine oh, if you so found beautiful. out? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. I'd love her to come to the farm.
0: <laughs> oh, hilarious. Um, so just to kind of summarise that, though, you overcame – uh, this not knowing what to do within a session by having a framework, but an adaptable yeah. framework that you could kind of um, adapt to your individual horses, but knowing that you had a, an idea of what it was you wanted to accomplish and that you could do it.
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: The name of the podcast is Horsemanship Breakthroughs, and yeah. I like to know from people what is their, you know, I'm big on breakthroughs, um, biggest horsemanship breakthrough to date um
1: that would be when you told me if I slowed down things would speed up and it it was so true um because I was going into up to the horses going right we're going to do this 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 you know I may as well learn French while I do it as well you know I wanted to do so much but I had to slow it down and break everything down and as soon as I started slowing down things start it just happened so quickly didn't it like the next week I'd see you and I'm like look at this
0: yes (laughs) I know it was amazing yeah
1: yeah and I think that that's the best advice I can give to anybody and I say it to my kids now even with um my son who's playing cricket um he was rushing and I said just slow everything down and be precise and you know he's trying to bowl fast and then so now I'm using that that same thing with my children and my husband everything husband so I um slowed everything down for Gally who definitely needed needed to be slowed down because he was getting muddled and he tries so hard you know I'll be like well let's um walk sideways and then he'd be like okay and then and then he wants to keep doing he doesn't he wants to try and please me all the time yeah so he's he tries to guess <laughs> he's an overachiever yeah and he's trying to guess everything second guess me so yeah. me slowing down and just taking a step back and letting him think through and then especially patchy as well and and you were great with patchy when i had a lesson with you and i just went to walk off and patchy stood still and you said no i think you need to wait five seconds and then slowly run the rope through your hand and walk off slowly and as soon as i did that patchy was like oh yeah i'm coming and Yeah. yeah and now he just follows me around and um and i hardly have the rope like the halter on him i've been doing a lot of everything so he has that ability if he wants to, to get away. He's nervous about his feet being picked up and things. Yeah. And I do it all without anything on him. And if he wants to walk away, he can, but he doesn't. He's he, He'll throw his foot down, but then he'll pick it up again. So we're at the point now, I say, patchy foot, and he'll lift up his foot. So he's getting better.
0: That is amazing. And to think that he came from somewhere where he was really just a workhorse and had issues with mounting and didn't want to be caught and now he's just loving life with you that and I had yeah. every confidence that you'd be able to do that um yeah. and I love the connection that you made between like parenting and horsemanship through the whole slowing down to speed up because I think it yeah. applies to so many areas of our life like I'm not perfect, and I'll try and rush things and multitask too much, and then I have to take my own advice and practice what I preach and go, no, slow down, break things down one step at a time, and then suddenly things fall into place. It's yeah, it's something that I can yeah at the time as well.
1: No, and I've definitely seen that help with my children as well, and even schoolwork when things are getting, tr- especially you know homeschooling and things like that. It's been a very good lesson for everybody. To yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, and often I'll use mass analogies as well. You know, I'm big on my analogies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But applying that slowing down to speed up analogy or concept to mass, it would be like having this long mass equation and then, or problem rather, and then having to do sort out that problem all at once rather than going, yeah. okay, step one, complete that. Yeah. Step two, yeah. So, but if you tried to do all of it at once, you would never get to the answer. But if you just chip away at it, then you'll get yeah. to the answer. And if you don't, there's probably uh, one of those steps that you've missed. So exactly. yeah, that popped in my yeah. mind. So I thought I would share. <laughs> <laughs> and so you've probably heard lots of people on the podcast talk about their idea in terms of what they think makes a happy horse. I'd love to hear from you and with your own experience, what you think has made your horses so happy.
1: Um, well, I definitely, and, and, and I know, I just feel like for a fact, I know that freedom is a big one because when Ruby was in the stables, she had a very big sarcoid on her cheek and I got pets to look at it and they said, oh, we could operate and we could do this and we could do that. and It wasn't worth doing. And it was eventually getting really gross and she was, you could tell, I thought, is this stress? So when I moved her to the country, the sarcoid disappeared. There was not one bit of it and it was huge. It was all on her cheek. Wow. huge and I think she this she did not like being in a stable one bit and that, that life and I feel bad that I had her in that position but she had that's the life she had lived she was a race horse and then that she hated it and as soon yeah. as she got freedom and friends and forage she yeah. loved she was happy but the other thing my horses are um they need attention so we I've had a really busy week this week I've been out with kids fought friday saturday sunday all day yesterday and then today i'm out with sport again and i fed them this morning and they look they're just staring at me they weren't eating they were staring at me i'm like i know you need attention you need <laughs> and even yesterday afternoon as i'm jumping in the car because i was going to a meeting late last night and they were standing at the fence near the house just staring at me i said i'm sorry so um i i just think that's that makes a happy horse them being part of the family and and feeling that they're special I, I probably sound like a crazy lady but no, I really <laughs> I do believe that I think they, they they're misunderstood and and they're not just a machine or a motorbike they're they've got a heart and and feeling you know they're not out to hurt you no. they're just they want attention and love yeah
0: and yeah. I don't think you're sounding like a crazy person because most people listening to this podcast, hopefully, are voice <laughs> people right. and totally relate. <laughs> um, but yeah, I noticed that with my own horses as well. I think they really do like this interaction with us, especially the way we set things up and have it so that it benefits them and they and they get rewards and it's stimulating for them in the training. Um, so yeah, that's something I'm I'm all about as well. And I think it's a bit of a red flag when people say things like, oh, you know, I have to hide my halter behind my back to catch my horse and things like that. Yeah. Like, oh, well, that's information, you know, maybe they're not enjoying what what's happening in the yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: No, I agree.
0: And who would be your most influential mentors with horses? Um, well, you. As number <laughs> one,
1: top of the list and um I knew we would get on well (laughs) I saw a so I started my little Instagram account only for the fact I thought this is just going to be my personal diary before I met you um, of how I you know I love I love taking photos and especially of horses and I I wanted to just document every time I rode or did something with my horses and I thought this is just going to be my account I'm the only one that has it and then now I'm letting more and more people in because I was, you know, unsure about myself and um, so I thought it was just my diary. And then I found you and I saw you, I saw a horse that you had and saw a video of you, a video of you that you put on your page and uh, your horse was side passing to the mountain block for you and I thought that is what I want to do. So I just kept following what you were doing and then you put a post out saying I'll be taking – I can do lessons and I say, oh, I'm up for this. So I messaged you and I said, could I have an online lesson? Uh, But I think it was just going to be a video and you were just going to rate, like look at the video and then give me feedback, which I I do like that sort of thing. But the moment's gone almost too. And um, it was great. But then we did HF, I started HFA, which I was hesitant to do because I have done other courses in the past and I haven't committed to them very well. But, you know, I did a dressage one and um, they were saying, and you've got to do a 20-minute warm-up and then you'd start just like sending the trot. And I thought, holy moly, I can't do 20 minutes. (laughs) I haven't got 20 minutes for a (laughs) warm-up. And um, I thought, this is not for me. And it was really expensive, so I I dropped out of that. So I was hesitant because I'm like, oh, you know, you're not going to do it. But I did and you were so encouraging and I got through the course. And then we were right at the end of the course and I was, I'm a very much I need that reassure, I needed that reassurance and I said is there any chance we could have a PIVO lesson and I, I had seen it happen before and we jumped straight into it didn't we and, yeah. and it worked and you could see me and it was live and it's what worked for me best for you be able to see me and we live two states
0: away from each yeah. other
1: <laughs> I know and, you
0: and your horses so well though like it feels yeah. like i met you in person <laughs>
1: it's 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 exactly like that and we're even on the, the different time zone aren't we yeah. and uh, we that was our first mistake we, yes, <laughs> we and um and i think that's what's really worked for me because i found someone that i can relate to something that the pivo works perfectly for me because it's just not practical for me to go to dubbo or orange or um these big towns and plus um you know, I get nervous about driving by myself with all that way with the float, and I've got to come home and still make dinner for children. And yeah, you know, it's just not practical. But this is so good. So definitely, you have been a great influence for me. And the other lady is a lady called Rose Goff, and she owns More Park Stables, and she is the one that found me my horse Ruby. And um she she taught me so much because I'd never, I'd had little bits of riding lessons, but she really helped me a lot with my and she's a She's a great horseman, and um, she's she writes show a show rider, and I really always enjoyed her company, and I miss her a lot. She, she's in Sydney still, but um, I really enjoyed her um, company and learnt a lot from her.
0: Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. love that. And yes, thank you for mentioning me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's um, okay.
0: <laughs> and I think, uh, well, I seem to um kind of attract students who are who have similar uh ethos to myself i guess and similar energy too i feel uh even yeah. connecting from, with you right from the start i was like oh she's got good energy i really like working with her so no it's been an absolute pleasure working yeah. with you as well and your lovely horses are you feeling a little stuck or lost with your horse are you worried that you'll do the wrong thing by your horse Are you confused with conflicting advice? Do you feel like you can't keep your horse's focus and attention? Do you wish your horse would look to you for guidance and security? Would you like your time together to be a good experience for both of you? Do you just wanna be able to communicate clearly with your horse so you can stop worrying about everything going wrong and actually start to enjoy yourself and achieve your horse dreams? Well, I have the perfect solution for you. Introducing Horsemanship Fundamentals Academy, also known as HFA for short. Inside of HFA, I teach you how to create the partnership you've always dreamed of, how to understand and connect with your horse, show your horse how to understand you on the ground and in the saddle, build confidence and relaxation in yourself and your horse, and implement the essential foundation for a willing, calm, trusting, and happy riding partner no matter what your discipline is. When you sign up, you get access to an online platform where all the HFA content is hosted and this is accessible on desktop or mobile devices. The Academy platform has eight fundamental modules and each module has mindset audios to overcome common roadblocks, theory videos so you can deeply understand the what, how and why and practical videos with various horses so you can see horse training in action. Each module builds on the previous and we cover everything you need to know for groundwork, riding preparation and riding. You also get access to a members-only Facebook group to connect with and receive support from other like-minded horse riders and you can ask questions in the group anytime. Horsemanship Fundamentals Academy is the ultimate blend of practical horsemanship knowledge and skills, mindset, support and positivity you need to succeed with your horse. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably my kind of equestrian, a heart-centered horse person who wants the best for their horse and is committed to making their horse dreams a reality. If that sounds like you, I would love to have you inside the Academy and support you on your horsemanship journey. If you want to find out more and sign up, just head to amaliadempsey.com and click on Academy. If you could have dinner with any three horse people, dead or alive, who would it be?
1: Oh, this is my favorite question that you ask. I love, <laughs> it. I love hearing about other people. Do you know what would be fun? I was just going to say this on a side note. Wouldn't it be fun if you got every single person that you have had on your podcast in one room? Wouldn't that be yes, a great party? that actually.
0: <laughs> yes, so many. I think so it, many heated conversations.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, it would be quite interesting. Yeah. Um, Stacy Westfall, I love watching her ride, and I love um, she's really good at setting goals and things like that. A mm-hmm. um, vet from Featherlight Horsemanship, okay. I think she'd be really interesting. And Mark Rashid, which oh, yeah. I I read all his books, um, and even the old man, I don't think he'd give you much information, no. but uh, <laughs> he'd sit and watch you very and and let you know where you're wrong. So I would love all those people in a room. I think that would be awesome.
0: I really like your answer to that one and three people that I would love to meet as well. But particularly Mark Rashid and the old man, for those who don't know about the old man, read the Mark Rashid books because he talks about this old man who sort of mentored him growing up with horses. And yeah, he would sort of set up situations where he wouldn't necessarily tell Mark what to do, but he would kind of plant the seed in his head. And I, I think you're right. I think we yeah. do that at the dinner as well. Like, oh, is that how you're doing things? Hmm, you know? Like, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. I, and I, I,
1: I've got a real interest in the, I even tried to Google him a bit to see if there was any history on him. You know, I was, I was really interested in that. And um, I think he would have been a, a great person to learn a lot of great lessons from. <laughs>
0: i think are you talking about the old man or mark or yeah oh the old man yeah, yeah. and mark
1: oh, yeah yeah the, old no man. the way he spoke to mark as a teenage boy he just must have he just got it which was great
0: yeah yeah and i think mark mentioned somewhere that he, he wasn't 100% sure what the old man's name was, but maybe Walter, I think, Walter
1: Pruitt. Yeah, I think Walter yeah. Pruitt, yeah.
0: But he wasn't 100% sure. Um, no. And, yeah, I just think it's it's fascinating. This old man, there's so much mystery around him and it would be really cool to, to know for sure whether it was him and what his background was. But I suppose we'll yeah. never know
1: we'll never know and it was really sad in one of those books when he did see him that one last time when he was grown up I cried I did too
0: yeah I was in the car (laughs) listening and I had to pull over because my eyes were so teary
1: I (laughs) said you should go back and get him I know yeah yeah
0: yeah Yeah. I really hope to have Mark on the podcast one day so that oh that
1: would be amazing yeah
0: it would be pretty cool on another note, what has been your best horse-related purchase in the last twelve months?
1: Oh, it is so basic, but my rope halter. It's not easy, oh. but I, it is so versatile. I can use it as a lead rope, obviously, and you know my rope halter and my lead rope. Yeah, uh, it's reins. It's my bridle. It yeah. catches, uh, and I, I've got lots of rope holders, but I've just got this one that's my favorite, and I can put it on the ponies if I need to catch them. <laughs> I just it's in the car. I just have it with me. I have it at the house if I need, because the horse's paddock is 25 acres and it goes along the house. So if the horses are near me, I was like, oh, I'll catch you. So I, I bring it everywhere. And it's not fancy. I think it costs $25. Yeah, um, but I can live without home. it. Just the little tack shop. There's a, 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 you know, it's called Sprayer Barn and they sell chemicals and motorbikes and things and okay. they get a little tiny horse area got it there and um I couldn't I couldn't live without it so I you know I've got a beautiful saddle and I've got beautiful bridles, and and they're all very beautiful but I couldn't live without my rope halter so
0: that's
1: true and you know keep it simple and and I've that's what I found too with uh, as I've progressed and, and improved mm-hmm. keeping everything simple I don't put boots on I sometimes I do if I feel like being fancy
0: Yeah, I don't <laughs>
1: Uh, I've even taken the nose band off and um because I'm tight gotta be time efficient I'll just yeah. have the rope halter on with the bridle over the top but you know I mean? yeah. um it's just gotta be I've got to just be able to pick up my saddle and my saddle cloth and just get going and um keeping it simple and if I can just get on bareback with a rope halter how good's life you know that's easy <laughs>
0: so easy and I love that I think often as adults in general and horse people, we can complicate things, you know, like we make things difficult for ourselves and often those things that are difficult actually the horse doesn't want or need anyway you know like mucking out stables well we could just yeah. leave them out in the panic like putting yeah. boots or bandages on do they really need it for what we're doing you know if we're not jumping or going through heavy scrub or whatever do they really need yeah. boots on um, yeah. Yes. yeah so I I have found the same I like to simplify things as much as possible just to make my life easier but also my horse's life so love that and yeah. yes culture and Libra we can really do what we do without that so yeah, cool. Yeah, work. and do you have any favorite horse books, podcasts, or resources? Oh, I do. <laughs> um, I well, like you, Amalia.
1: I have got a. My vice is collecting horse books. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm always looking on eBay for vintage horse books. Anything. I've still got all my horse books from when I was little, and I used to love calligraphy when I was, you know, ten, and they were calligraphy with my name in them. Um. But it was or pause. I need to find the book because I always get the name wrong. Is it the horses don't lie? Um, oh, the Mark oh, Yeah, horses never lie. So that's horses
0: it. Never lie. Yes.
1: Yeah. So the that I read that years ago, and I thought this is it. Just was the turning point for me to back me up on what I knew, I believed, but what I was seeing wasn't what I liked seeing. You know, um, yes. where I was at. And I thought, oh, I'm not the only person that thinks like this, and that. And then I, we got addicted to all his books, and I've got them on audio. I've got hard copies. I've got everything, and I love re-listening to them all. Um, uh, you know, I'll, I won't listen to them for a while, and then I like, oh, I'll listen to that again. And I think I've read Horses Don't Lie um, three times or four times. You know, just love it, or just quickly have it open the book and a reader section because there's so many great little snippets in there yes. that you, you miss and I think that's the basis of like my philosophy they don't lie they don't wake up in the morning and say well I'm gonna buck you off today and you are gonna go yeah. flying <laughs> and they're giggling together they, they don't they no. just don't <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're
0: yeah. So the moment and yeah yeah, you know, I'm a big Mark fan as well. We're back on the Mark Rashid song I know, I know. <laughs> um, and I'm the same as you. I'll re-listen to the books every year. I don't have the hard copies though now. I want to get the hard copies. Like oh,
1: yeah, you gotta got to get the whole
0: set. <laughs> that's it. And I feel like everyone who's read all the Mark Rashid books has a favourite. I love that yours is Horses Never Lie. Mine is Whole Heart, Whole Horse.
1: Oh, I love yeah. that one too so much.
0: But and horrible. that's how I, yeah. I read that and I
1: thought, Patch, I feel like he looks deeper into my, you know, they all love me. But I feel like with Patch, he might be my heart horse. Yeah. And Gally's definitely my heart horse. But yeah. there's Patch, yeah, I can tell he's giving himself to me. And um, same sort of thing as like that black mare that he rode at the yes. end. Oh, we won't ruin it for the people that haven't no, rode it. No, no. Oh, <laughs>
0: gosh, it's so good. You'll cry. <laughs> way, so if you're listening and you haven't read these books definitely go down and get on it um, because they're just they're they're amazing and they do And yeah you know you know have you just started
1: have you just started discussing a book club on our Instagram about them if anyone wants oh, cuz I love t- chatting about horse books
0: <laughs> I know me too you can see the bookcase behind me I have a lot in Kindle version and audio version as yes. well Oh but yes um absolutely love horse books can you tell us,
1: Meg, what is your ultimate goal with horses? Well, it's, I love this question as well, because um, before I have had this shift in, in change, you know, my changing and uh, the way I've grown, yeah. I always thought that I had to prove to everybody that I was a great rider by going out to a dressage competition. So my, just my mission was to just go out and do a dressage test and go jumping again. And it was like I... I needed to do that to prove to everybody that I, I could do this. But, you know, since I've changed, I actually don't care if I don't compete at all or get to a dressage competition. I just want to be with my horses. I just want to ride them, uh, you know, on a loose rein. I And um, what I'd really love is my ultimate goal. And I'll tell my husband this when the kids are at boarding school. I want to go on a holiday with the horses. I want to get a truck. And I want to load up the horses and the dogs. And my husband's like, Really? Yep, we're going to do it. He likes bird watching. He can go bird watching and I'll ride. And um, I'd, love to, I'd love to go to the beach with them and pack up and go. But um, we've got a while before that. The children are still, they still need me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that sounds amazing though. Like, I think that would be an awesome trip and almost you. It would be quite, kind of nostalgic because you used to do those horse camps.
1: Yeah, when you
0: had your horse in Sydney and would go off on the weekend so that would be cool and you I should- know and it's yeah, yeah when you go to yeah.
1: horse, shows, like I loved hanging out with them for a weekend and we'd go to an event like do a, a one-day event and I'd love I loved actually sitting at the horse boat with them and I'd feed them my muesli bars or something and, and Ruby and I just hang out and um I love just hanging out with them so if we could hang out on a beach that would be really nice
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing and I'm the same as you when I used to compete quite a bit we'd go away because you'd have to camp because it was a few hours away or whatever and I really did just enjoy being with my horse for that length of time and like camping in a tent and his yard was right next to me and just I don't know you you do bond with your horse when you spend a lot of time with them so yeah yeah uh, yeah and I have been on horsemanship type camps as well, and they're just magical, so yeah so I'd up. like
1: to do that sort of thing as well. So my shift in i you know I still love to do a dressage, but I think a dressage test I've now go, I've decided I'm going to do them. There's online dressage tests. Yes, so I've signed up for one of those, and I think I'm going to try and do that next month. We've been practicing that, Amazing. and I think that's a, that's all I want to do. I don't need to travel two hundred kilometres to get to a a major town to do a dressage I can just do it in my yard so yeah
0: and I like how you change your perspective in that even though you still want to do a dressage test you're not doing it to prove to others that you you can you're doing it for yourself and for your own horse and for your own goals yeah yeah now just before we wrap up can you tell us what is the one message you would like all horse people to know and people listening to this podcast from today's chat
1: I really think Believe in yourself, because you probably deep down you know you can do it. But um, there's that little fairy, I guess, that's in the top of your brain going, "No, you can't. Yeah, you can't do that." And I think you've got to just—you'll know when the time's right. You know, I couldn't have done this when the kids were really little and in daycare, and and you know, when I, I it would have been beautiful if I could have done this in my early 30s, but I'm doing it in my 40s and and getting a better, being a better horseman and and doing all the things I love but it's the right time for me um I believe in myself um it's the right time and you can't rush things so if you you can't make things happen and I think the universe has got a a, a plan for you and it's not always what you think it's going to be but I think you've got to be patient and and almost go with it a bit and you can manipulate it a little bit um, but I think you've got to wait for your time well, you'll know when the time's right and if you believe in yourself you can achieve anything you want to achieve.
0: That's so beautiful Meg I'm sitting here thinking like who's coaching who here? <laughs> <laughs> so inspirational I love that and I think your story is just so relatable I think you've got some beautiful messages that you shared with us today so thank you again for coming onto the podcast and I'm sure I'll see you soon again in a Peebo lesson or something maybe we should do one before your um, online dressage test
1: yes yes oh yes I would love to do that and um yeah it's just for my own my own self because you know for fun yeah no pressure there's no pressure no
0: pressure whatsoever. love that yeah awesome yeah.
1: Well, thank you again right. thank you amalia thank you for everything you've done you know i um i'm very
0: appreciative of your time Thanks for listening to the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast. Make sure you hit the follow button so you get notified every time a new episode is released. And if you've learned even just one small thing from today's show, I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts or screenshot this episode and share it on social media. You can connect with me on Instagram at amalia underscore horses or my website amaliadempsey.com where you can find free resources to help you on your horsemanship journey. That's all for today. Thanks for being here. Remember to train with kindness and ride with excellence. And I'll see you in the next episode.